Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. You uh, being in your presence, listening to the Holy Spirit. This morning, I pray that you would anoint him to speak your heart to us and uh, bring, uh, bring to light things from your word that maybe we haven't seen, maybe we haven't considered. Uh, but Lord, help us have a connection with you as Byron shares your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, we're locked. We're here. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Um, uh, I'm excited. Have your ears open. Your spiritual ears open this morning. And, and as I was preparing for this, I said, wow. This one chapter you can probably last two or three Sundays. But we're just, I'm going to try to put it all together. And um, a very unusual thing happened this morning. I, God woke me up before 4 o'clock in the morning. And he said, go downstairs. I got a little more tweaking to do for this message and spend it with the Lord's presence and change a few things around a little bit. And... Amazing enough, I was able to go back upstairs around five o'clock in the morning and actually fall asleep to, till till seven. I got up and ready for church. But it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing that this our journey with Jesus. Who's the most important person here? Jesus. So uh, we're going to try to go through chapter three, and uh, and and like I said, there's so much there that. I had to condense it. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the one that's been given to us to lead us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. As we we know, this is a follow-up to 1 Corinthians. A lot of messy things in the church in Corinth. And and uh, sometimes I think it's something about Greeks, you know, to get things all messy up. But but uh, so I'm Greek. I mean, I, but <laughs> it's uh, but then uh, but then also with all that was going on in the church and the corrections, you know, immorality, gluttony. Imagine getting drunk during communion, and and all this stuff. But along with that. All the instruction in 1 Corinthians about the amazing gifts of the Spirit. And, and of course, at a lot of weddings, defining love. And all this, all this was going up in, 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 the, in his first letter to Corinthians. And then uh, and we, now we come to 2 Corinthians and sort of cleaning up. And him, him personally... Uh, uh, there was like from some of the people in Corinth were trying to attack who he was. And believe me, the enemy's out to attack who you are. And, and we need to know who we are in Jesus. So let's begin. Are we beginning to conde- commend ourselves again? Or trying to, Paul is saying, trying to define to the people 
who I am in the position I am? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are a letter. Do you know people are looking at your life? You, you and I are being looked at, especially if we define ourselves as followers of Jesus. Be, be aware of that. Be aware of that. So, show, so you show that you are a letter from Christ and the result of our ministry written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God not of tablets of stone, but of tablets of human hearts. So, like, you know, God, God what, what our, our job is as believers is to let the Holy Spirit living within us uh, being exemplified in our lives to others as they're looking at us. You know, and, and it, it says... The letter, or, or what the defining thing is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I, and um, just as it was in the in the Old Testament, uh, the priests of Israel had certain clothing, but the clothing they were wearing is not what defined who they, not really who they were. God knew who they were. And we had some some priests in the Old Testament who were a little shady, you know, and uh, and uh, and it kind of reminded me of a story Nancy told me. She there was a function, and two uh, from the Episcopal Church, two priests had the right clothing, had the collar, their and everything else, and they and they by looking them, you looked them and you said, oh, they're priests. You would not mistake them because they were dressed differently. But their actions were totally opposite. We are letters, and people are reading our lives. Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not for the letter of the not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Uh, I'm going to do an illustration from my own life, and then we'll grab something. From the scriptures, because this is huge of what he's saying. Competence are who do you identify as? Well, uh, as an eight year old, curious eight year old, I went to my grandma's house and we were playing around grandma's house, and my mother came from a family of a lot of children. My uncle, my uncle, who was a all girls and then uncle, Uncle Bill. He, he came on the scene. And he was only 10 years older than me. So as, 
as a curious child, I was going around, and one thing, one thing that was fun about going to Grandma's house, I knew exactly where the candy was. And that was the first place I always went, to the little jar, and I opened up the jar, and there was always, always, she always had candy in that jar. And I just knew it, and I went for the candy. Then just wandering around the house, and I, I went to his, his bedroom, was playing around with the bedroom, and, and all of a sudden, I pull out a magazine that's called Playboy. And, and it was very s sad that, that, that in that little quiet, all alone in his bedroom, paging through Playboy as an eight-year-old, which had an effect on the rest of my life. Had a, so I was growing up as a teenager and went into college and everything else, and, and you had that little put into you, and then the manifestation of that was an immoral lifestyle. Yeah. And, and, then, and then, of course, out of that, eventually, and I won't go through the whole story again, I eventually gave my life to Jesus, and things changed. So much so, one of the girls I knew, actually, she also became a Christian. And everything started to change because something was happening on the inside that was being defined on the outside, a letter written. Well, years passed. I got involved with a lot of ministries. I gotten, uh, gave my life to Jesus, got involved with this church in Winneka. Very quickly, I was like, Nancy and I were talking the other day, man alive, working all day and working all night with young adult ministries, uh, young children's ministries, high school ministries, and everything else. I was almost doing something almost every night of the week. Working all day in my job and working all night in the kingdom. And then I met Nancy. And then we, we got, got married and we started having a family and everything else. I want you to know, we learned from the enemy that he's relentless. He never gives up. A very strange thing happened. When I was eight years old, I opened up a Playboy magazine and it was almost destroyed my life. Now, happily married, starting to have children, what showed up in my mailbox? Some perverted person prescribed Playboy magazine, and it was being delivered in my mailbox every month. Remember that, Nancy? And, 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 and I, I kind of knew what it was. It was wrapped in a little brown paper, and we just destroyed it. Came back next month, destroyed it, and tried to get that stopped. And finally, we were able to get it stopped from coming to my house. The enemy is relentless. Right? Yeah, as an eight-year-old, now, as a happily married man having children, the same thing that was an eight-year-old starts showing up 
in my mailbox. Now let's get into what? The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Very, very important. And it's very important for you and I to know when once once you get law oriented, it affects your ability to love people. It affects your ability to love people. It it, it diminishes it. And and talk about this letter kills, spirit gives life. In Exodus, we have the great moment. The law was given to Moses. But it was already already written in people's hearts. You know, it, it was already, if we just kind of go back, the, the, the first kids coming out of, out, of, uh, 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 out of man and woman was Cain and Abel and jealousy over the one that honored God from the one that wasn't so much honoring God became murder, right? So the the it's it's murder was was there before even it was written down. It was written down. But but Moses Moses had this great moment, great moment, and he came down and what did he see? He was only up there for some days and he came down and found the children of Israel embracing idols over the one and only God. And what did he do? He, he, in that emotional moment, he took that, the, the Ten Commandments and threw it down and it said, burst, bust into many pieces. And then he, then he deals with the situation. And what's interesting enough was, it was, and it, I find this very intriguing, that the, the Levites were instructed to get their swords out and kill their, what it says here, brothers, friends, and neighbors that have gone into idol worship. You know what? It's, if, if we're all law-oriented, what we do to each other is commit murder to each other. You know, and, and that happened. And it says on that very day, very day, 3,000 people died. The law brings death. The spirit brings life. And then at Pentecost, at Pentecost, uh, Peter gives us tremendous mes message. In that message, he he defined who Jesus was. He 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 called in the account that he he must die, and 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 he and he defined the 
that, that the Holy Spirit is a reality and for all the people that believe the Holy Spirit will indwell and impart and, and, and come into the lives of men and women that believe in Jesus Christ. And after this whole, this whole uh, beautiful message to all those that were around at, at Pentecost, and when the people heard this, they were cut it to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? Peter replied, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added in number. The law came, death came to 3,000. The Spirit came, grace came. And 3,000 were added to the kingdom of God. Interesting point. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. What a calling. What a calling for all of our lives to take to heart, take to heart who we are and whose we are. Take it to heart that your letter written to all people, people are looking at your life. And, 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 and you know, they're not about to all pick up a Bible and start reading it, but they're going to read you first and then hopefully pick up the Bible and define for themselves who Jesus is. Right? So, so we carry this thing, and, and, and the extent of that carrying that, we'll get into that later in, in chapter 3. But then, but then uh, I thought it was interesting, and, and this kind of came really early this morning. Uh, God woke me up before 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I, I really did not want to get up. I was sitting there, my eyes wide open. I thought, I, man, I want to get some more rest. And I hear, go downstairs. I have something for my people. So I went, I did, I, I got up, went downstairs, and, uh, and shivering as it may be, because Nancy likes to turn our temperature way down at night. <laughs> and, uh, boy, I want to turn that thermostat up. But, anyway. but then uh, the, the first verse he gave me was from Jude 1.11. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. And we'll get into that. What about Cain? He murdered his brother. They rushed for profit like Balaam. Error. What about Balaam? Oh, but Cain was before the law. Balaam was after the law. And he went and he and he and God gave him instructions. And and he was more tempted to do what was wrong than it was right. It even caused an animal to speak to him 
to make sure that he gave the people the correct words, right? But he was motivated by money. And then they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. We, we can never afford, and now, now that's, that's uh, um, after the, the priestly order and the commandments and everything. Korah went into rebellion against Moses as leader. And they had to deal with that. They had to deal with that. And they, and they had, I won't get into it, it take too long, but they had to do some things that define who's on the Lord's camp and who's not on the Lord's camp. And Korah grabbed up about 250 other men that would agree with him, and the earth opened, swallowed them up, and closed, and they were gone. They were gone. Now, why is all this important? The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. I want to encourage you and I to be motivated and moved by the Holy Spirit. Because what will result from that is healing for others. In point, in John 8, and, and they say this is not in all the manuscripts, but I'm glad it's there, uh, some men brought a woman caught in adultery and laid her at Jesus' feet. <sighs> Why so much should we be motivated by grace? We may have opportunities. I'm a, there was a person in my life that I highly respected. He was to me, an amazing man of God. Amazing man of God. And, and all I knew of him, of his faith, and, his, and, his, and his, his, he was big, man, in my eyes. And one day I was at his home, and I saw a little magazine uh, kind of sticking out of the piece of furniture, and I said, well, I'll just take that magazine and put it in the, in the rack. So I pulled it out. There you go. Playboy popped up again. I put it back where it was. I had a choice. And we're going to learn about this choice just in a few moments. I had a joy, choice of calling the whistle on him or just come, going back and begin to pray for him. When we're motivated by the Spirit, we'll do the same. You know what? We say, oh man, I saw that brother do that. Get all, oh man, I'm, uh, man do I have something on them that nobody else has on them, and I'm going to really shout it to the mountains. Or, are we going to be gracious and, and, you know, and, and God talks about how to do that. If there's something you have with a brother, just go quietly, individually with that person and work it out. So, here, I, here this man that I so admired, I said, I can't, I, 
But then I thought, wow, when I was eight years old. Boy, I, I can, and, and how, the road that put me on, I need to pray for this man. Not, not try to condemn him or put him out for judgment or anything else, but I need to just go to quietly and pray for him and keep my honor level up with the man who he was. We have this scenario here with the woman in adultery. We have, the, we have this very thing and very decision right before our eyes. They called, and, and they were questioning him to trap him in order to have a basis of accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Now, where they were, where they were, it wasn't dirt, because where they were in, 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 the, in the area where they were, it was stone. And he, start, he bent down and he started writing on the stone. He got up, and, and, um, and they kept questioning him. But he straightened up and said to them, Let the one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone. Interesting thing. Right before these Jewish leaders that knew everything, Hopefully they knew everything. He, a second time, went down and started writing on the stone with his finger. What does that remind you of? Moses came down with the law written with the finger of God. And when he saw that, he was so angry with those people, he threw it down and crashed into many pieces. Then he went back up the mountain again. No, no mistake that Jesus, during this moment, went twice. Hey, guys, you're, I'm the one. I'm the lawgiver. Make no mistake about it. I'm writing it down a second time. I can imagine Moses going to God and says, man, you know, kind of, uh, my anger got the best of me, man, and uh, how about a how about a another set of laws here? You know, <laughs> so uh, uh, do you do you mind just doing this? I, I was so amazed when you I saw your finger just write those and all. Would you do that for me again? And of course he did, and he brought it down. And we know we know about the Ark of the Covenant. One of the pieces that's in the Ark of the Covenant is those tablets. Wouldn't it be wonderful they could find, if they found that and all of a sudden the whole world could see where God wrote his feet with his fingers, the law, the Ten Commandments, because uh, it, that was kept there. But something we need to know, prophetically, what God's plan was all along, that blood was sprinkled over the ark. So, Jesus, Jesus accomplished what we could never accomplish on our own. But the story goes on. The story goes on. After the second time, he rode on the ground. And then, all the people that 
wanted to stone this woman, start dropping the rocks and walking away. But didn't end there either. Didn't end either there. Because then he approached the woman and got down to her level and said, where are your accusers? Hmm. She said, they're gone. And then a word we love to hear. And neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That, if taken to heart, and, and in, a, in a real sense of word, knowing who you are, Will we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to people that don't do the walk right by what it says in Scripture? It says, "You are who are strong. Always be careful as you minister to people that you won't fall." I always keep that in my mind. I say, I just need to love people through their difficulties, help them and encourage them and build them up because there is no, no person in their own effort righteous in this room. You may, you may, you may have some good points, but you also got some bad points. And, uh, and there's, there's no, the Bible declares that there's none. There's none righteous. But, but God is, wants to impute righteousness in us. So Jesus did, actually, Jesus did something when he was sacrificed that you and I could never do for ourselves. Now, verse 7, Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was. In other words, diminishing. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? It's um, uh, let's go, let's go on. These they kind of come together. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? You see, um, it's uh. As much as you and, you and I try, we're not perfect. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's we, we are to be encouraged to f and find out and for ourselves who we are. And who Jesus is. And who he made us. 
and what our mission is. So I'm going to give you homework. That's a, that's a Todd thing. That's not my thing. <clears throat> but uh, I'm going to give you homework. And, and I want to encourage you, as soon as you can, after this Sunday, after hearing what you're hearing, to really take the heart and read Romans 6, 7, and 8. And find out for yourself who you are and whom's you are. A very, a very telling portion of scripture. And, um, and, and it will equip, it will really equip you and I to really be ministers to each other. I mentioned at the funeral that in really in a lot of ways, I might be a pastor here, but Wayne was a pastor to me. Because just in the connection and, and what we'd share and how, how he and I interacted. But learn who you are. Learn who you are and learn whom's you are. And Romans 6, 7, and 8 really will define that for you and me in, in really uncertain terms. Um, therefore, therefore, since we have such hope, let we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put the veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, being, being really, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's time, it's a season, it's a time. Right now, of all times on the planet Earth, around the world, it's a time for Christians to be bold. To be bold and not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a time to define for them the true gospel. You know, it's not of works, lest any man can boast. You know, Paul, Paul, you know, Paul so eloquently said, if anybody, if anybody in the old in the New Testament could bold about, be bold about what he is, and sometimes he said, I feel like bragging. I'm saying, I went to this school, I went there, and I went there, and I did this, and I, did. and guess what? Everything I've learned, everything I've done, every every. Part of my person is like rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. He's, he's the one. He's the one. He's the one that we're all about. We're all about. And it says, um, and it says it's time to be very bold. Very. I like that. Very bold. Not obnoxious. Not lording over everybody, not telling people, I got it together, I'm so sad that you don't. Ever hear that? I didn't plan on saying this, but you know what? It's, um, uh, two, two things I really didn't do growing up in, in any ex excess. Smoking never. And 
and drinking alcohol. And yet, yet you know, and, and here's the tension. Uh, when, I, when I'm out with a believer or something and they want to have a glass of wine and everything else, and this is way past. This is way, when I was younger, going to, just growing in the Lord and finding out. I found myself judging them. And that's not the way it should be. That's not should be and encourage them. Lift them up. That that's that being bold doesn't mean obnoxious, pointing people uh their failures out, telling people I wish you were like me. I'm I'm better than you. Oh, if you could only be like me. You know what? My goal in this church is not that you become like me, but that you come like Jesus. Now the, the, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Very important to know that in the context of what it says. And, and we are going to run, in, run up to believers that think they can sin all they want because they have Jesus. It's weird. It's really weird that, that, that they think they can do anything they please and, and also say they're Christians. It was like, uh, it was like, uh, uh, and, and really, it's it's having this love and softness with people, like you know, it says a quiet or a soft word turns away wrath. You've heard, maybe some of you've heard a story in my past that just came to me again. But um, there was a guy, there was a guy that came to our company. Uh, and he was uh, belonged to a company that moves his heavy machinery, and it's, and it's a very difficult job, and and it's a lot of tension going on as they're trying to squeeze and position this equipment. Well, I went out there. I, I I was in my office, and he happened to be the machine was not far out of my office, and all I'm hearing is profanity, f word, Jesus, in wrong context, and 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 and. And I mean, he had a loud voice, and it just, and I was sitting in my office. I just can't stand this anymore. So I marched out of my office, and I went to him. And I said, How's it going? Oh, blankety, blankety, blank. And that's all, that's all the language he knew. And I said, Good, I'm, I'm, you're doing a great job. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, Hey, you know what? You know what we do? You know what I do every day at this company? What's, what the blah, blah, blah is that? <laughs> I said, I pray to my God that loves me because I know Jesus. He went, hmm, that's GD good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just glad, man, you're and doing, you know, and, and I'm sitting there that, oh man, oh man. So, 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 uh, well, I'm just, whole ha I'm just so happy that 
you're here and you're doing such a great job. I'll see ya. So I, I went back to my office and it kind of, kind of subsided. So then years came by and we bought another piece of equipment. Same man, he's back again. He's back again. And this time I noticed something strange. I didn't hear all those words. He's, and he's the foreman of the job and he's run this whole thing. So I went up. I went back out there and said, how you doing, man? Oh, man. You remember when you talked to me a couple years ago? Yep. Well, I went to church. I gave my life to Jesus. And you know what? He cleaned up my language. So, so it's, 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 it's define loving boldness. Got it? Well, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and bring transformed into his image with an everlasting glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, in conclusion... Remind yourself daily who you belong to. When opportunities come and you see people that are struggling in a certain area, and they may even call themselves Christians, confront them with boldness, but have the Holy Spirit define for you that boldness. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus that corrected the situation when a woman was laying there guilty of, of adultery. But when he approached her, he didn't say, you shouldn't have done all that stuff. I, 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 I saved the day for you, ma'am. You know, you better remember how I saved the day for you. And I got all these men to leave and not... not, not he could have done that, but he didn't because he's Jesus. Because he's, he's the son of the living God. And what he told her, I don't condemn you either. Remember how much you're loved. You know what? And I think, you know what? You, you may have had done things like I did as a, as a single person and d d just violated everything that, that God but you know what? Never go back and think less of yourself. Remind yourself. I remind myself who much is forgiven, much is much love is uh, you, you you love more. If you've been forgiven much, you love more. And but but maybe 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 you had it all right your life, and, and from a very young person, and you you lived as is best an exemplary life with Jesus, remember that that counts for something, but what really counts is knowing Jesus. Right? Because uh, Paul, Paul came to that place. He said, man, all the right things I'm doing, all the training I did, as a, the guy, a guy that I met that was from England, 
I love it because he would look at me and say, that's rubbish. He was going to hit my And he said, uh, but, you know, but remember your Savior. Remember how blessed you are. Remember you're forgiven. Remember you've been cleansed. You've been washed. You've been called sons and daughters of the king. You have access to his throne. The enemy wants to take away from you the confidence that you can have with your heavenly father. And Jesus is reminding me, you are sons and daughters, and I brought you into perfect relationship with my father. In fact, my father, when he looks at you, he looks at me, and he looks at you as righteous. I, Jesus, said, I have given you what you could never accomplish on your own. I have given you a position of righteousness. And don't get too messed up with the word, be holy as I am holy. Holy, define. Define holy is separate. We belong to a kingdom that's not of this earth. And we represent that before the people that we meet. We're being read. Make sure they're reading the Jesus that's in you. Amen? God bless you. Y'all. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.